The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 843. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yap-Chan, and today I have an amazing lady on the show today. She is the founder of Reclaiming Your Courage, and I'm super excited to have her on today to share her story and tips on self-confidence. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Leslie Liu. Leslie, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to the listeners. Thanks so much, Sheena. I'm fired up to be here. My name is Leslie Liu. I am the founder of Reclaiming Your Courage, keynote speaker and trauma-informed self-defense coach. I am a second-generation Korean and Chinese-American mother of two and wife. I am the self-defense mama, and I became the self-defense mama when I made the decision to become the mother I always needed by breaking the cycle of intergenerational trauma. I am also an ally to the AAPI, BIPOC, LGBTQIA+, neurodivergent, and differently-abled communities. Thanks so much, Leslie, for sharing that. And I love, you, you know, I love that you call yourself the self-defense mama. I think it's really, really awesome that you, you started this and you're, you know, teaching women how to do self-defense because it's definitely something that, you know, it's like a life skill, basically. So I love that you, that's what you're doing to empower our community. And what would be your favorite self-confidence quote? I, I would say, like, there's no try. There's just do. And I'm like, who said that? That's probably Yoda or something like that. Like, it's just, when you have clarity and when you have a purpose and you have a mission that's deeper than yourself, you, you are driven by that mission and it's more powerful than your fear. And there's a very clear pathway and you just go. I love that. And especially like, I believe actions speak louder than words when it comes to self-confidence, right? I mean, yes, we're going to make mistakes. We'll probably make a lot of them, but the more we just keep moving forward and course correct along the way, we can create the change that we want, you know, in ourselves and our community and beyond. And so, you know, just going out there and doing something, right? Whatever it, even if it looks like something you didn't picture, at least you're there doing it instead of, you know, overthinking and resisting and procrastinating because we can get you know, we can get sucked into that and, you know, stop us from taking action. So thanks so much for sharing that quote. And in your own words, how do you define self-confidence? Self-confidence is embracing fear and using it as fuel to overcome struggle. It's having the grit to get to the other side of that fear. And you have to move towards it, not away from it. Whether that's physical, emotional, or an mental struggle, you have to root yourself in love and courage. With that confidence, you become a better advocate for yourself, protecting your loved ones, and believing wholeheartedly that you are worth defending. I love that. That's a great definition that you mentioned. So thanks for sharing that. And Leslie, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? My life before was cold, damp, dark and lonely it you know i i isolated myself and i had anywhere from mental health struggles with double depression panic attacks insomnia an immunity disorder and the inability to foster healthy romantic relationships 
and recognize good friendships when it was right in front of me. And it also made me very weak in the area of the professional realm. So in corporate life, when I was being gaslit and bullied, I, I just kept suppressing and got really good at keeping it in. And I didn't feel like I deserved to be happy. It was very murky waters. And I never felt I was good enough. And I found a calming light with the trauma-informed self-defense that I teach. And that's what I help my clients do. Thanks for sharing that. And it's not always easy to share the, the things that you go through, right? The challenges that you go through, especially in Asian culture, right? Most of the time we're told to never talk about how we feel. You know, that's why mental health is such a huge topic these days because we want to learn to normalize it and not be a taboo. And when we share, you know, what we go through, I mean, this is, can help someone out there who is feeling similar, similar things, right? And they realize like, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. This is something that people are going and it's actually a thing and they can come out of it. And so if they can see that you can come out of it, they can see what's possible in, their, in themselves. And I'd love to know, you know, what was that aha moment in your life when you decided to go out there and forge your own path, especially, you know, teaching self-defense, you know, I'm sure most people are like, you're going to teach self-defense, you're a woman, things like that. I'm sure, you know, you've gotten like crazy comments, but I'd love to know what was that aha moment? Yeah, that's a great question. Self-defense has always been part of my life, well over 20 years. And as a sexual assault survivor myself, I always, it's always been ingrained in me. And I knew it was always going to be part of something. I didn't know that I would make a business essentially out of it. But one aha moment, I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate two. One was I was part of something called the Fearless Movement, where we were essentially teaching traditional self-defense workshops to women. And what I noticed is that I was really good at helping women craft their voice. And I understood that they really struggled with speaking up. And a lot of times in traditional self-defense, there's this emphasis on the instructor says, here's the kick, here's the technique, here's the move, kick the pad. And my aha moment was seeing so many women who couldn't, feel they just were thinking so much that it actually blocked them from carrying out the technique so i really made it a point to hold space for them really help them craft a stronger voice and understood that a lot of the blockages come from the words we use towards ourselves so just really figuring out what my point of view was regarding that as someone who's gone through those challenges and helping them find a structure, structured way to know that they could do it. Like, I, I can't just show you 10 moves. Like, you're not just going to wake up one day, someone's going to grab you from behind, try to pull you into a car, and you're just going to know. It just doesn't work that way. So I find that you have to have a connection to your mind, your body, and your voice. And sometimes all those, three, all those three things align, and sometimes they don't. But it was very important to me to understand the why. Why were women hurting? Why were they not doing the technique? And instead of giving them eye rolls, I, I really spent a lot of time listening to those stories. And then a couple of years after that, the Atlanta Spa shootings happened. And that was my aha moment of what my mission in life needed to be. And my mission 
of saving women's lives is way stronger than my fear. Growing up biracial, like I was never accepted. I was never accepted by the Korean kids. I was never accepted by the Chinese kids. It just kind of was like, what are you? And even being a, a female martial artist, I'm like, I have two black belts. I still have dude bros like explaining things to me and trying to correct me and say that what I do is not real self-defense. And it's okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really save me because I'm, I'm rooted in, in my beliefs. And I've seen the power of the transformation that happens with these women that I work with. And so my aha moment with Stop Asian Hate was the brutality, the mutilation, the verbal harassment, it was becoming the new norm and nobody, like we all felt it, but nobody wanted to outwardly talk about it. Like even within my own household and talking to my Korean mother, talking about death was taboo, it's bad luck. Talking about how to keep her safe, talking about how to keep my own children with my baby and my toddler safe. Like everyone wanted to speak up and they just didn't have a way of doing it. They couldn't put words to it. So I spent a year developing a system and a way for people to find the words. I'm not giving you the words. It's about you developing the authentic language for yourself and empowering you to really craft your voice because verbal self-defense is a thing and all the other stuff in terms of technique comes later on and it will become a lot more accessible to you when you realize, hey, I can leverage my mindset, I can leverage my voice and I can leverage my body. I don't need to be the fittest mom in the world. You know, like I, you know, girl, I eat rice, like I eat rice, like I eat ice cream. And, you know, I, it, it is wholeheartedly about protecting who we love and getting back home safely. I love your story. You know, just it's so it's, it's important to talk about this because, you know, we talked earlier about the rise of, you know, violence against Asian women. And it's so frustrating to see these headlines every single day. Right. And the worst part is it's the predators who always get humanize while, you know, the victims have no, get nothing, no media coverage at all. And it's like, we are facing trauma. We are facing the mental issues, not the predator. And yet they never talk about that. And that could be part of the reason why women are afraid to speak up. It's like, we're just invisible to them. You know, they don't take us seriously. And so it's important to talk about that. It's, it's so important for us to speak up because if not, like people will feel like they're not allowed to talk about their issues or not allowed to talk about their drama. Like a couple of weeks ago, I posted something on LinkedIn about the one guy who punched seven Asian women and they, all they did was sens sensationalize him, right? Saying he was an army vet, he was going through mental issues. I'm like, well, if he really, for me, for this is just for me, if he really had those issues, right? I mean, he wouldn't go and look to punch seven Asian women in a span of two hours. Like New York is a very populated city. I'm not saying he should be going punching people, but I'm just saying like that doesn't add up. And so that's what pisses me off because it's like he is, you know, he, he gets off a lot easier. And yet the women who did get victimized, who got punched in the face, aren't talked about. Right. The only thing I know about them is their age. And it's like nobody talks about the trauma they went through. 
and not only them, their family, and they're probably wondering why they were the the ones who got targeted. I mean, there's you know nobody talks about the actual victims' trauma, and it's 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 aggravating because this is the kind of things you see every single day, and it's like you know we have to speak about these things, we have to call these out, or else nothing will get changed. So, you know, the work that you do is definitely very important because yeah, like you mentioned, like mind, body and voice are all connected. And like, yeah, you could send me, you can send me 10 techniques, but if I, if my, my, if my mind's not in there, I'll probably throw like the softest punch or I would just like not even care to throw a punch. Right. Yeah. I could technique is different, but when, when you can align those things, it makes a bigger impact. When you're some, when you're passionate about something, you can totally make a bigger impact in your life to stand up, to have a voice. And so I really love, you know, the story and why you're so passionate about it. And, you know, because of that, what's your life been like now? My life has been chaotic and beautiful all at once. And thank you for sharing what you just said, because it's always been an inspiration for me to watch you speak up. Because as someone who always advocates for speaking up, like, I'm like, where's everybody else? I think that to your point, there's such a, a level of erasure felt. There's so there's so many layers and we've got to start breaking through those layers. And so my life now is, thank you very much for saying, you're aggravated, you're pissed off. My life is very much about feeling everything and outwardly showing that to everybody in whatever form. And in my own healing journey and being a mother and raising a daughter and a son, like, that has been the most freedom I've had in a long time. Even though there's terrible things going on, I'm not saying like that these things don't exist, that the, the murders don't exist, but like there's room to, to, for those things to happen in parallel. You could celebrate life and the joy of life. You could be pissed off and angry and you can be sad. But the thing is, we have to start humanizing that. We have to, like, I'm, I'm not perfect. And so it's been the turning point a couple of weeks ago on social media was like, I'm so pissed off. Like, I'm so pissed off. So I'm going to grab this back and I'm going to swing it at this box because there's so much compounding trauma I'm experiencing. I'm watching people around me who have been doing the emotional labor, who has been doing the social activism, that this is not new and no one is coming forth. And so I just, you know, it was like 4 a.m. and I, I grabbed the bat and I just swung it at the box. And that was just a metaphor for my life, right? Like, you put me in a box, I hate the box, I'm going to break the box. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not the perfect Asian. I'm not that type of Asian. I'm not a size two. Like, I'm not prim and proper. I cuss. Everyone knows that about me. Like, so that's why I love being able to be aligned with someone's energy like yours, because we're really saying like, let's just pour gasoline on it and light a match and just, let's just go. Let's just show the world. And that's why I love your platform so much. And I just want to tell people like, we are the match. Like we're not waiting for a savior. We need allies. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's not always easy to go out there and just show your true self, your authentic self, right? Especially when, you come from a culture where you're bogged down by so many standards, you know, you have to be this way and that way, and you're told to do this and that, and it gets frustrating. And we, you know, end up feeling not like we're never enough, you know, no matter how many try times we like seek approval or, you know, go on to the next, next thing. Right. I mean, the, the overachieving, I mean, 
it's, it's crazy that we're still going through this. And, you know, I just, I want people to realize like they can just be their true selves, right? They can go out there and be who themselves, who they truly are. And you, they just never know what magic happens when they do show up as their authentic self. So I really love what you mentioned. And, you know, to the woman who's listening to your episode, she may be in her own journey to self-confidence. What would be that one tip you'd give to her? Get clarity. And how do you get clarity? You get clarity through defining your values and letting that be your North Star and your guiding light. Once you have that clarity, you choose a pathway. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. You just make a choice and you just go and you will learn so much about yourself and what you're capable of doing. And then you can pivot and repivot as many times as you need to, but you have to just go instead of being stuck in the fear of going. So just put your foot on the gas pedal and go. Thank you so much, Leslie. That was such great. And, you know, that was such great tips that you mentioned. And, you know, definitely our listeners are loving this. And so, you know, if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you, check out some of your, you know, self-coaching tips, or if they need coaching or work, is there any links or social media profiles you can connect with? Yeah, for sure. You can learn all about me and what I have to offer at reclaimingyourcourage.com. And you can join my email list and my community because then you can count on getting actionable steps on what you can do to stay empowered and self-defense tips and just building a community around people who are just tired and sick and tired of being sick and tired. And on my Instagram, I'm at Reclaiming Your Courage. And on Facebook, Reclaiming Your Courage. And I'm happy to connect with anyone that felt something in listening to this episode. And, and whatever that is, like, it's okay to feel that. And, and let's talk about it. Thank you so much, Leslie. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with Leslie, you can also head on over to the thetowselfconfidence.com and search for Leslie's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I really just want to thank Leslie today for taking the time to share her journey with us. So thank you. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you so much, Sheena. I uh, really appreciate your your time and your energy and, and all the work that you're doing for the Asian community. Aw, thank you. And I also appreciate the work that you're doing. So thank you so much again for being on the show. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Tao of Self-Confidence. Get your free audiobook by visiting our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits.